0: Om Bakrudhunda Mahakaya, Surya Koti Samaprabha, Nivigam Kurvedeva, Sarvakarishi Sarva, Om Shirim, Dim, Clean Glom, Gum Gunapade, whatever the Sarvijan Meva Shaman is, Om Shirim, Dim, Clean Glom, Gum Gunapade, whatever the Sarvijan Meva Shaman is, Vaha, Om Shri Krishna, Om Shirada Krishna, Om Shisadguru Bionamaha. So in Bhagavad Gita, in verse number fifty four, Chapter two, in verse number fifty four, Chapter two, there is a very, very important question asked by Arjuna. And this question is foundational to self-realization and God-realization. Um, and I want to try to explain this question a bit, and then we'll go into the series of uh, responses that are given by Sri Krishna Bhagavan. So, the question is asking, what is the state of an enlightened being? Okay, that's the gist of the question. The question is as like this Arjuna Uvacha Sitta pragnaseka bhsha samadhi sasakeshava kim prabhasheta kimasita prajaita kim. This is the question. So he's asking Sita Pragnassaka Bhasha. Sitta Pragna means one who is steady in Pragna. Pragna. So what is Pragna? This word pragna means wisdom, insight, intelligence, knowledge, steadiness of realize, the, the steadiness of the mind, steadiness of the intellect, but the depth of seeing things clearly. All of that is implied in the word pragna. And there could be some more technical uh, definitions of that also, and there probably are. So the question is about sthita prajna. Sthita means what? One who is steady, whose whose intelligence and understanding is steady. Now, I want to say something about this at this point. Think about it this way. We have flashes of insight. Sometimes things are very clear. Take for example, if I say that, okay, there could be periods in my life, periods in my day-to-day cycle, uh, saying, you know, the 24-hour cycle, that no, I really just want to be in a state of compassion I, my mind is very steady. There's no negative thinking. Mind, you have those states, yeah. but those states don't last. Yeah. They change. The question is about those pragna states, where the pragna is steady. Pragna is wisdom, intelligence, insight, awareness. All of that is implied in the word pragna. And the and pragna is steady. Now, that's what he's asking. So before we get to the answers which, which go from the, the until the end of chapter two are all of the answers to this question. And then the last verse in chapter two is saying this isha brahmisdhi. He takes you to the Brahma state Brahmic state that with one, one who is in this state, he's that individual he or she is, is a Siddha Pragna and has also opened up into the Brahmic consciousness. So very very important, and I wanted to mention this. And we'll get back to the other verses that we haven't covered yet um, in, uh, later on, but I wanted to just jump in at this point and talk about this a bit, uh, if that's all right with you. Yeah, yeah. See, it's very very important. The question is critical. The question is so profound because, well, uh, how can I say? It? It's profound, but it's also very real and very much in our experience. That our pragna, our wisdom, our mind—even if we have flashes of it—it it is not steady or continuous. Now, that steady or continuous wisdom is what opens the door into the Brahmic consciousness, and then also stabilizes one's worship towards God. You know, so there's two things here. One is the realization that I am the Brahman and I am the 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 Atma and I'm not this entangled confused being. And along with that, from a devotional standpoint, I am the devotee of God. I am a sevak of God. I am a servant. Like Hanumanji. Like Hanumanji knows that he is enlightened. He's the incarnation of Shiva, actually, uh, according to the, to, the, to the tradition. But at the same time, he is constantly at the feet of, the, of God, of Sri Ram Chandraji, who is an incarnation. So what do you see? Hanumanji himself has said, sometimes I feel I'm one with Rama. And sometimes I feel I'm at the very, at the extreme humility and just a small dust particle at the feet of Ram. What is that? Those are the two things that, that combine together, the Brahmic state and the Bhakti. They combine together uh, and that's what this is all about. The Bhagavad Gita is just about this, it's a realization. So in our day-to-day lives, in our life that we have now, those who want sthita pragna state, for mm-hmm. those individuals, the Bhagavad Gita exists. Those who don't want it, they said they want the confusion, and I mean, I, I don't think anybody would say they want confusion, or they just want to live in the confusion. They haven't given this thought, or if they have given it thought, they say this is not for me. I cannot do it. I, they have given up on that. Then they have kind of just set themselves up for repeated failure and just you know lost inside the Maya. But for everybody, this question is necessary. Stita pragnesya. What is the description and how to detect the individual who is, whose wisdom, insight, awareness is unbroken? See the question. It's an extraordinary question. Extraordinary question. One of the most important verses in the Bhagavad Gita is this question itself. Uh, and the, and before we get into the answer, the Depth of the question should be probed. Why is this question being asked? Now see, there's many reasons why. Obviously, Arjuna is in a state of confusion about what to do in his life, about what to do with that war and all. But that's in a more generic sense, what to do in life for all of us. And he's asking, describe for me the individual who is of this type. How does he walk? How does he talk? How does it? You know what is the description? Describe for me, because uh, up to the, up this point, uh, uh, um, Sri Krishna has is described about the atma and about so many different things, and then Arjuna kind of spark in his mind that wait a minute, I'd like to know what such a person looks like, that, what that you're describing, this idealized person, this enlightened being. You know that description now. Why is the description necessary? The description of an enlightened being is necessary to give us an indication of what that state is like. The description is necessary for those who are not in that state. That's like one a role model, yes, definitely a role model exactly a role model is required a an individual who is living that life, who is embodying that state. And then those, those we can look up to. And those are the gurus, yeah. essentially. Those are the enlightened beings that we call gurus who are embodying this sthita prajna state. Now, remember, sthita prajna is steady wisdom, not simply wisdom. P- people have a lot of knowledge. Yeah. People have a lot of understanding. There's already inherent wisdom within us. But that doesn't mean it's steady. Yeah. Now, why is it not steady? It's a very important question. Why is it not steady? Well, many possible answers, but the biggest answer perhaps is that the individual is not aware of the nature of the internal mechanism of the mind as it is. And once that awareness comes about through all the different various yogas and so many ways that awareness, that is called janponu in the Gujarati language, and that is called choiceless awareness in the words of J. Krishnamurti, and there's other words like Sakshi Bhav and things like that in, in Vedanta, they all refer to the same thing, that that clarity shines, and, and if it shines completely, then it doesn't go away. It is like the one-time opening that remains all the time. So, that is what we are aiming towards, we want that to happen now, depending on the intensity with which we want this to happen. I mean, I can say that I want to be in a state of awareness and choicelessness and you know, see things clearly and stabilize my mind. I can give lip service to that, which may not mean a whole lot. That's just lip service. It just may sound like a good thing to say. It's okay. It's a good starting point. But one who is genuinely serious about reaching that state, for that individual, the answers come about. All the answers given by Sri Krishna are very, very relevant for one who is wanting to be living in a liberated state of consciousness. Right. So, so that's the question. I think we understand the question pretty well. And it's interesting, you know, uh, the, when we use the word pragna. The pragna means our intelligence, wisdom. The, the, if we get a flash of it being becoming steady. Uh, you, and that does happen from time to time, try to identify it, and identify what's pulling you away from that. If we get a flash of insight, oh, things become clear all of a sudden, yeah. try to stay in that. That is where the devotional practice of, of the Shiva mantra or the different uh, Guru mantras which are present, these mantras help us to remain in that clarity. Because the word mantra in one sense means seeing within the mind by mananam, by repetition, it allows you to perceive the nature of the mind. So, that flash of insight, flash of awareness that makes things clear, once it sort is of detected, d- make an attempt through any of the yogic. Processes, bhakti yoga, karma yoga, jnana yoga, yog, uh, uh, sankhya yoga, choiceless awareness, whatever it might be. In any of those, try to remain in that. And then, if there is an enlightened being that you believe in, try to resonate with that in the enlightened being state that that's me. Not simply, okay, these great sadhus are there, great saints are there, great people have come. Okay, so we respect them and we love them, but we don't want to be them. No, not that. I am that. That, just like we said, Ramakrishna Paramansa was great. Okay, fine, but do we have bhakti like Ramakrishna Paramansa? Why not? If you want bhakti like Ramakrishna Paramansa, one has to want that. Yeah. And one has to take efforts in that direction. Then you find out what it means to become Ramakrishna Paramansa. It's not, it's not, I mean, I can put a picture of Ramakrishna Paramahansa or any guru, a, any great sage and say, oh, wow, so great. Shadi Shankaracharya or Sajaran Swami or whoever it might be. It could be anybody, you know, that we feel is really great. But, but do we want to become that? Do we want to be in that enlightened state? And we, we say, okay, yeah, we want that. How badly we want that? Really we want that? You know, so those are the more foundational inner questions that need to be looked at and then... Once we come to a state of realization that I want to be liberated while I'm alive. And, I don't, and other things come and go in life. I want, may have many other desires, but this is the primary one. I want living liberation that is called mumukshutvam. We talked about it before. Mumukshutvam is living, is, is, is living desire, burning desire for liberation. So desire transmutes into burning desire. And burning desire for liberation, that is called Shuddha Only wanting to be liberated and only wanting God, nothing else. And, real, and then through that, and, one, and in that process, being continuously in a state of awareness through Satsanga, Through the great teachings of the great sages and by their contact. Now, let's go into the first answer given by Sri Krishna Bhagavan regarding this question. So let's see here. Let's go to the next slide. All right. Hold on one second. I have to do a screen share here. All right. So the answer that is given, this answer is so intense that if this is realized, actually everything is in this. Okay, so everything what? I didn't everything that is needed for realization is in this one answer. So, Shri Bhagavan Uvacha, Prajahati Yada Kaman Sarvan Parthamano Gatan Atmanevatmana This is the verse, verse number 55, chapter 2, Srimad Bhagavad Gita. It's the most extraordinary answer. The answer is that, first of all, the word Kaman is used. Prajahati Yada Kaman. Kaman means what? All kinds of desires. Kamna. In, in, so many desires. So it says prajahati meaning what? That all, that the multitude of desires are naturally synchronized and left. Now see, prajahati, the word prajahati means leaving, relinquishing, abandoning, renouncing. It has that meaning. But, although it means that the, my interpretation of this It doesn't mean that that happens by force. It is a natural turning of the desire back towards God and back into the Atma. It is not a forced turning. I hope that point is clear. So he's saying here that when one leaves behind, now, leaving behind, some people interpret this. As you know, well, make so much effort to leave all your desires and let them go and you know go into the jungle and forest and this and that. And that's not what it means. You may do those things as for as a sadhana, it's perfectly fine. This is the state that is being described here. It, the sadhana is implied in the state. This is a state of Siddha Pragna that is described. He's not directly answering how to achieve this state. Not yet. I hope that point is clear. The state is being described, where desires naturally, truly, for all kinds of things, they subside and all the energy and the desires themselves, they merge back into the Atma. So the desires that are coming from the mind, being, being emitted by the mind, Sarvan Parthamanogatana that's what that part, part means right here. Sarvan Parthamanogatana is referring to that all desires not some, not 99%, all of them that are coming from the mind, they are left. Meaning what? That a person is not running after them to fulfill them, even though they come, they, they naturally retract right back into the self. It's the most extraordinary state. That the satisfaction internally is abiding remember the sita pragna is one whose inner satisfaction never diminishes it's constantly in a state of satisfaction the sa- satisfaction contentment peace harmony because of the realization of the of the atma or where the desires that are sucking up energy are all being taken back into the atma Jnana Shakti, Kriya Shakti, Icha Shakti—all different forms of energies flow right back into the Atma, and there is the most extraordinary sense of satisfaction because of the because it is turned in, inwardly, even though one is performing outward action. So now, when desires come about, one is aware of the desire and which ones to to fulfill for what reason a person does that by remaining in this state of Atmaneva see, Atmanatushtaha. See this point. The remaining in the world and in the activity of the world while performing all kinds of activities, deciding what activities to perform based on some desires that are there, because without desire there is no motiva- motivating, motivating force to do anything. Yeah. So this is not talking about destroying desire. This is this is a massive misunderstanding in the entire Sanatana Dharma and throughout the world. Some people, and many people look at these verses and will say, you just have to let go of all your desires and you have to just destroy your desires and just c- kill your desires, wrong. That is not what that says. Does it say here to destroy desires? No. Does it say to kill your desires? No. Does it say to suppress your desires? No. Does it say to indulge your desires? No. It doesn't say any of those things. Because none of those things will lead to the realization of the Atma. They will, in fact, create more problems. Yeah. Yeah. What he's saying here is that the word prajahati means one who... It is a natural relinquishing, and I'm, I'm adding that word natural, uh, because this is an interpretation in my mind, that if, you, if it's not naturally there in the sita Pragna state, then it is something forced and something contrived, something artificial, and that cannot be a Siddha Pragna state. So, I want to make sure that we are on this point together. Yeah. 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 Right? So, let's take some examples. Let's say somebody wants to eat a pizza. Okay, so they order some pizza or they order some, or to make it at home, whatever. The desire to have a pizza. has to be there to some extent before one orders one or before one makes one let's say without desire there will be no activity to do anything so desire is not to be destroyed nor is is desire to be completely just shut off artificially but desire is to be desire can come to a state of interconnected synchronicity without contradiction and all the energy within desire comes right back to the Atma and that is Atman Nivatman This is an interpretation based on, in in this mind, some 25 years of contemplation on these verses and with so many different gurus and their teachings I'm trying to present the distilled and direct understanding that is clear to me at least Because if if we try to damage desires, we are going to damage our energies within desires. And that is not going to work. If we try to suppress the desire, it will get stronger. We just indulge in the desire, we destroy our energies that way. Suppression and indulgence, the oscillation between the two, damages desire. The goal is not to damage desire. The goal is to understand and perceive the nature of desire. And in that perception, through the various yogas and the various, various ways of connecting with the great sages and, and God, that awareness comes about the nature of desire and desire and the energies within desire naturally fold back into the atma. I hope this is clear. It's the most extraordinary thing. Even to describe it, I feel like, wow, this is really something. Not because I'm saying so. There's just a sense that this feels very correct. Now, my request to anybody listening to this, because I am making an audio of this and I'm going to send it to you, to really reflect upon what has been presented. What does it mean for desires to turn inward on on themselves internally towards the Atma, where there is satisfaction? Because look at the way desire works. When we get what we want, what is it that we're looking for? For example, take the pizza example. Let's say somebody orders a pizza with jalapeno peppers, green peppers, mushrooms, and olives. And says, and it's really like a thin crust. Let's say thin crust pizza. They like it. You know, they they, they haven't had it for a long time. Uh, so the desires prop up. I want. So they order it, or they make it at home. Okay. And then, they, and then now it's there. They're hungry. Hunger is there. And then you start eating it. It's, oh my God, this tastes so good. It's so, and then maybe in this, and somebody, one person likes Sprite with that, another person likes Diet Coke with that, somebody likes a Mountain Dew with that, different things, right? And then when you're eating it, there is the experience of eating that pizza. That experience is a neuropsychological movement of energy that is present within the brain, the spinal cord, the mind, everywhere, that is what's creating because it's based on state of mind even to enjoy the pizza there has to be steadiness and if you're not satisfied at some level within the steady mind is not there how can the pizza be enjoyed exactly. so enjoyment even the sensory enjoyment even to bring about a certain level of that good quality of that enjoyment requires stability and satisfaction within the inner space. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Otherwise, one might start eating four or five pieces of pieces just for the stimulation, because you're trying to numb out some disturbance using food. So, so again, the beauty here is that the state of satisfaction is not a dull or non-dynamic state. It is a very active, engaged state where energies are flowing dynamically and the mind is very alive, fully alive, not a dulled out, zoned out, crushed, tormented mind. And that people have misunderstood this verse, and many others like it, in, in that wrong way. To destroy the mind, dull the mind, shut the mind off. No, no, no. Anybody tries to do that, they're going to create chaos in their system. And nothing will be realized from it. Absolutely nothing. So when Sri Krishna Bhagavan is saying, Atman neva what a state that is, you know, what... To meditate on that state this verse is a this verse is a call for meditation. How to achieve this this state Three things: recognize this state in the verse by Mananchintan what it means we reflect that 's one thing recognize sages who by their by their living by their presence, we can detect this state with the then of course you can ask them questions and all and the third thing is to internally resonate with the clear understanding that Sri Krishna Bhagavan is giving internally that this understanding this Sita pragna, that's me and anything that is not that Sita pragna is not me so this continual awareness, Mananchintan in my life, this particular verse has been meditated upon for the last 25 years this one verse and still there is no end to it. That's how much intense truth there is. and the, it, Because once you cross-connect so many pieces together, so much keeps coming out of it. And we'll try, try to show, show you some of it here. You will notice that when the word desire is used, when desire naturally interconnect, the interconnection of desire is implied in the verse. Otherwise they can never be turned, turned back into the Atma. It's not possible, because if they're not interconnected, some desire will still pull one away in some direction.
1: But if they're tell me, Hmm.
0: so the question I have is: you said say somebody has the desire to eat pizza. Yes. Okay. Either you there are there are a couple of actions is going to happen. Either you ordered the pizza to quench your desire for the pizza, or you're saying to recognize it that I have desire, but then turn it around to kind of meditate into a state where that desire, um, that you actually take the desire into and like meditate or even turn towards God. So, yes, it's a beautiful reflection. Thank you for, for sharing that and, and thank you for asking about that. Uh, appreciate it a lot. Very, very powerful what, what you're saying. See... The desire for the pizza is there. First of all, is there something wrong with that desire? The answer is absolutely no. No, There's nothing. There isn't. There's a material object there, and you want to experience the object, right? But here's the the problem: is that we are trying to gain constant joy from the object, and and to realize that that cannot happen that realization is the beginning of that state that joy is my inherent nature. So, my trying to get constant joy from an object that is impermanent and that is only going to create a certain pleasure reaction for some period of time, that is a, it is a mistake to try to find constant joy from any material object, but the, which doesn't mean you're throwing the objects away. The, in fact, the enjoyment is within the mind and and, and the body, but that enjoyment is a wave, it, and we know that. We start eating, we enjoy it, and then eventually we start getting satisfied. The desires are satisfied. There's all these brain chemical changes that that occur. Satiation occurs, satiety occurs, and then you say, no, I don't want anymore. Now you might somebody might order another pizza like this. So you know what? I don't give me. I don't want to even see that pizza now. I've had too many slices. Put it away. You, you, so that means that the source of joy was not the pizza. If it was the pizza, you would just be able to just stay with it indefinitely. But it cannot be. It is, it, the pizza is needed for the body and for the mind and for the mind to gain a certain stimulation. Now, now, is that stimulation wrong? Is there something wrong with that stimulation that the pizza is giving you? <clears throat> well, let's look at it. Let's, let's take a look at that stimulation. There's no question, you put, you put jalapenos, green peppers or bell peppers, mushrooms, uh, olives, if somebody likes all that, certain amount of cheese, and then certain temperature, certain crust, you put that in your mouth, and you start chewing it, and it's the right temperature that you want, you're going to say, wow, you're going you to have that experience. What a beautiful, what a nice slice of pizza. Is there something wrong with that experience? I don't think so. Of course not. Anybody who says there's something wrong with that experience is out of their mind. Because they they are then either trying to suppress it or run away from it, and if you run away from that experience, you that that experience will run after you. Yes, exactly. Because you want that experience. Let's be clear. If you didn't want that experience, why would you order that pizza? Yes. Okay, but is wanting the experience itself right or wrong? No, it is not right or wrong. It is to realize that this is desire coming up. Oh, and and. To recognize the nature of that desire is where the desire desire still promotes the individual to order the pizza, but there's a realization of the nature of the wave of desire and, and the energy within it. So the, so the realization of inner satisfaction is abiding, it's, 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 it's underneath desire. So desire is like a wave on the ocean. Desire is is a, is a coming and going phenomenon, one knows that. So one never runs after it, one doesn't suppress it, one recognizes that that experience that the pizza is going to give me is at the mental level and the the jiva the the, the in, in in the in the bodily state will say I would like to have this experience but if you go further the jiva the, the one who is Sita Pragna will say yes that experience is there, but that experience exists because there is the Atma in the Paramatma. How can the wave exist without the ocean? Right. See how interesting this is. Very, very interesting. So the experience then is seen in its entirety for what it is, and when you are in a state of perception of the experience, there cannot be bondage with that experience. In fact, that experience actually serves as a doorway back into liberation. Because because now now the objects of the senses are going to aid you towards realization. See, in the in the scripture known as Vachanamrut. Uh, written by Sajanan, or spoken by Sajan and Swami Maharaj, who is known as Swaminarayan. As you know, people have heard the word Swaminarayan, but nobody knows what that is all about. It's very confusing to a lot of people. But there's a. I'm just. I won't go into the history of that. There's a question asked by one of the sages, Muktanan Swami, to, to Maharaj at that point. He says, "You know, this seems like Maya is the problem, but Maya is not the problem. Maya becomes a problem when we don't realize the the energies and the presence of God within Maya." If I say that the wave is the problem, the wave is not the problem. You just have to realize that that is the nature of the wave. It's existing because there's an ocean. Similarly, Maya is not the problem. Maya actually helps the energies within Maya help the devotee become liberated. And that's the answer that was given. But when does that happen? Wrapped in the Maya. Of course, there will not be any rapt. In fact, the interaction with Maya becomes Leela. Lila is divine play. So the devotee, by the grace of God, is functioning with the vishayas as a divine play. And when one is functioning with the vishayas as a divine play, then at, in that in that state, that is where the experiences of the senses are ex, are are occurring. But there is a realization of the of the of the. The, the, the ananda, the divine joy of the uh, you know, that is erupting from within. Uh, let, let me give you a very easy example to understand this. If you have a hundred million dollars in your bank account, to compare that to being in a sita pragna state, although sita pragna is even beyond that, but just for the purpose of analogy, and there's interest that is given, that is interest that is earned from the hundred $100 million dollars, Maybe the interest is, let's just say, per month, I don't know, $25,000 or something like that. I, don't, I have no idea if that's even accurate or not. Just assume for a moment that there's some interest yeah. given. So the $100 million is sitting there. Every month, $25,000 is deposited as interest. The enjoyment that comes from the $25,000 is so intense because it's coming as interest from this massive bank account. Similarly, when, you, when the realization of the Atma is there, the enjoyment of all the senses becomes 100 times intense. The smallest thing will give the intense enjoyment because of the realization of the Atma. And there's no bondage in the, in, inside the Vishayas, inside the senses. It's the most extraordinary state. Kya bhaate? It's incredible. If, some, if, if, if we realize that we are, the, we are Ananda, or God is the source of Ananda, Anandakanda, sitting inside the Atma, as per Vishishtha If we realize this, then this and then the one is taking dives in, into there through the different Yogas, then the Atman Atmana comes is a natural state, and the interaction with the world continues. But there is no pulling with raga or dvesha. It's like the int- it is, it is a, one is bubbling with joy in the, in the outside world. Right. Yeah, that's the most extraordinary. I mean, it's just so profound. Now, think about it this way if someone just has $25,000 in their bank account, that's all they have. They're working somewhere, whatever, they're just starting up with their career, whatever. $25,000, this per- person a, has person, the, uh, the other person has a hundred million dollars and the $25 is just coming as interest. Whose person's uh, inner enjoyment is going to be greater? The one with the hundred million. Why? So why is that? $25,000 is exactly the same. Why is that greater? For there's many reasons, right? Because it is just a byproduct of the hundred million dollars. Similarly, The enjoyment of the senses at the height of their enjoyment is just a minor byproduct of the realization of the Atma and the Paramatma within. Is this possible? Absolutely, it is possible. 100%, it is possible. Is it possible for every human being? Yes. But most human beings have not given even the first thought, not to mention the second one, about who they are, where is joy, what is mind, what is God, what, is, what are the great sages. People have not given any thought. They're just running around blindly in this sansar. And that is why they're t- tormenting themselves and others also. And, but all of that torment stops when one realizes the nature of desire. When one realizes that desire can transmute it changes into a different form. So when one is eating the slice of pizza with transmuted desire, there is so much intense enjoyment that comes from there that one doesn't need to eat five slices. One or two slices may be so much high energizing because there's already a massive amount of energy that has been built up. Is Is this possible? Absolutely. 100% Hundred percent, it is possible, and that is the whole point. See, when you go back to the verse, it's the most extraordinary teaching of Sri Krishna Bhagwan uh, that he is saying there. You know that sthita pragna. Uh, he says there. See, prajahati yadakama sarvapartha manogatana atmanevatmana tushtha sthita pragna sthita pragna sthita pragna. Why am I not saying that right? Sthita pragnast dochite sita so, pragnas sita pragnas tada Uchate. that's the that's the actual the three words are there sita pragnas tad when you put it together that that should be that is a person who can be said we can say that such a being is one whose wisdom is steady so we go back to that point again that the steadiness of the Jnana wisdom meaning Jnana or Gnan, in the Gujarati language is gnyan or Gn in Hindi they say or Gnyan, like this, you know in the Sanskrit That total steadiness of gnan. see in the Swaminarayan tradition there was a saint called Gunatitanand Swami and in one of the Gujarati um, His teachings he has said I'll say it in Gujarati. I'll translate for you What that means is even if you have small amount of wisdom but it's clear, and it remains for your whole life. That is going to open everything up. That's beautiful. It's not volumes of wisdom, even the smallest amount the of, of the quality of it, the the clarity, and if that 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 even that little clarity will open everything up. Extraordinary! It's extraordinary. It's the most tremendous thing, you know, and. and it is a way of living in this world without being torn apart or pulled by the world and without also reacting against the world. Yeah. And so from every angle, this is covered. That's why this one verse, it is, it is, it has the most profound teachings within it and truths that if we go into the mananam and chintanam and do the satsang with the sages and and as we're doing here in dialogues and all, if we do all that, we begin to see that the truth begins to shine beautifully. And we also begin to see the force of desire. Oh, I I want this. I want it badly. You know, when desire comes about, and particularly when you have not had something for a while, let's say you have not had that pizza for six months or seven months, and then the mind jumps on that thing. Says, oh, I really want that experience, but if you had the same pizza three days in a row, you said, they put it away in a drawer. I don't want to see that pizza again for the next two months. What does that show us? It shows us something about the nature of the mind and desire, and vasanas and, and desires. See, like in Vachanamrut, also in the in the Garada number eleven, Vachanamrut, this question is asked: What is vasna And Maharaj in there also explained that whatever we have enjoyed before, we want to enjoy again and the things that we haven't enjoyed yet, we want to enjoy them, that is Vasna. But how to come out of that? You consider, you start with the, with the in, f- conviction that I am the Atma, I am the Brahman, I am beyond all of these, these, these limited, fragmented vasnas and desires. I'm beyond that, and I'm the devotee of God, and by devotion and that, and that Brahmic consciousness together, while interacting with, with the Vishayas, b- bring about the opening within that I am that Akshara Brahma, I am that massive being, why am I stuck with these small, 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 small things are there, they are waves in the ocean, they are seen so as minor actually. If someone has a 100 billion dollars, and somebody he says, you know, here sir, you take a five dollar bill, I want to give a donation to you. He may take it with respect, he or she, but it doesn't phase the person, where, where is five dollars compared to 100 billion? It's a comparison, but where is a slice of pizza compared to the Ananda of the Atma? It doesn't mean that the slice of pizza doesn't have anything in it. It does, but what it has is tiny, tiny, tiny. It's just a wave. It's a pleasures a wave inside the brain and the mind, a neuropsychological reaction and a wave. And that wave also exists <laughs> because there, because we're alive, because of the Atma. But that wave if we are somehow identified with that wave and we want to keep expanding that, thinking that that is joy, that is ignorance, again. That is absolutely correct, yeah. I want to thank you very much for this very interesting exposition. I'm going to thank you for this opportunity for this exposition. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.